0: Well, with apologies to Al Michaels, do you believe in miracles? Yes. Yes, I do, because the uh, coach, Tim Cunningham, is on the phone. (laughs) and joins us now here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Coach, 40 years ago to the day uh, tomorrow that the miracle
1: on ISA happened. Can you believe it? Wow, it's gone by in a flash of an eye. And uh, what a great night. I didn't get to see the game. I was actually playing hockey that night in Buffalo. And uh, they were giving updates uh, over the PA system. Uh, as the game went on, and I just remember playing in a game where both teams were losing interest pretty quickly because it looked like uh, the U.S. were going to win that game.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because it's one of those moments and uh, I think there's certain signposts for certain generations, certain uh, markers you look back and you think, uh, "Where was I?" Uh, I was also playing hockey. I was like 10, 11 years old and we were at a tournament in uh, Colorado and we were billeted with uh, a US family. So, I had kind of a very unique experience as a, a Canadian sitting there uh, watching okay. this game with uh, a US family who obviously was uh, loving it uh, as we all were really. And for those that weren't around or or missed it, didn't experience it. Uh, can you put it into some sort of context for us? Just uh, how this U.S. team, uh, how it captured everybody's imagination?
1: Well, they really hadn't until that night. I mean, it, they uh, they uh, was a team that Hurt Brooks put together of college kids uh, from uh, you know from, from you know from Minnesota, from the Northeast, a uh, bunch of kids that uh, had played against one another, and they really weren't expected to do much. They were a good team. A lot of guys went on to play in the NHL. And they go up and they're playing against the Russians, which is basically a professional team, the same team uh, that had played you know, against the Canada in the 72 series and, and against the WHA and had won the Challenge Cup. And they were, and, and they were called the Red Machine. And they were, they were absolutely just that. They were almost robotic. And they had really had their way with the Americans in the pre-tournament games. And there was one, I think, just a week before in Madison Square Garden, in uh, New York, where the Russians absolutely destroyed the Americans, but it's just one of those things and you know, I'm probably going to sound cliche where everything just came together at the right time for the us they got incredible goaltending from Jim from Jim Craig uh, and you know they they rolled three lines that just absolutely dominated the Russians and one of those games where the Americans just hung around hung around and the Russians they frustrated the Russians they sort of beat them at their own game they they uh, played a highly skilled game. They were a little physical with them, and then you know, as you know, as, as the third period went on, you started. I think people thought that the Russians were going to take that game over, and the U.S. didn't relent at all, and and end up walking away with the game. And that wasn't the gold medal game. They had to. I think they had to
0: right. Play. Yeah, a lot of people forget the that. Uh, they think yeah. that the U.S. won the gold after they beat uh, yeah. Russia, but they didn't.
1: No. I think they had to play Czechoslovakia or Finland, I think, after that to, to win the gold. But this was just, it was a, it was a Friday night. And, uh, um, you know, basically North America stopped uh, as that game went on. And as I said, I was playing in a game in Buffalo, and I remember you know, not wanting to be in that game. We were in a rink at Nichols, uh, Nichols Academy, and and uh, we could see the TVs on in the background, and really I had no interest in the game we were playing in.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that this team, this U.S. team of 1980 at Lake Placid, captured everybody's imagination for a couple of reasons. One is it's the ultimate, uh, as you've uh, kind of alluded to and mentioned, David versus a Goliath, because I Absolutely. think we, we need to remember and remind everybody that this was pre-NHL player in the Olympics, and you're right The the Russian team was as close to a pro team as you were going to get at that time in the Olympics, because it was Tretiak, it was all those guys, and a lot of Russians, I don't think, in 1980 had kind of made their way over to North America in the NHL, so it was really stacked, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, and and you have to remember, it, it was a professional team, that this, this was their, these guys that were on the Russian team, their job uh, in, in the Soviet Union was to play hockey. It's not like they went to other jobs where these kids uh, that played in the U.S. were university students, uh, and uh, you know th- th- this was uh, a team that trained all year round. They had won world championships. They've been absolutely dominant for a decade, and uh, this was sort of the one the one uh, uh, blemish on their on their record for almost fifteen years. So this was a this was an incredible group of players. Some of the best players uh, uh, of all time played on on that Russian team, but Herb Brooks had just always had a way of motivating guys and the one thing that is true in the movie miracle if you've seen it that uh he went into training camp i I think the training camp was in colorado and you know how we, you know, as Canadians, you know, they, the world junior team, it takes forever to pick a team. He just went in and, and wrote out 23 guys, 23 names, and said, that's my team. I don't need training camp. He'd already done the pre-scouts. He knew exactly <laughs> who he wanted in terms of character, uh, the type of kid he wanted on that team. He just picked the team and went with it. And, uh, you know, they, they did have about a half year together before the Olympics. And, uh, and he really almost drove these kids into the ground. But uh, it just, he just had such an incredible feel for people. Uh, he wasn't an analytics guy, but he just—he just, he just uh, was a great, great judge of character and, and knew the type of player that he needed. To beat a team like the Soviet Union,
0: man, how times have changed, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Not, was a real throwback.
0: Yeah. Not only that, but I think it bears mentioning. Obviously, again, this was 1980. Uh, Ronald Reagan had just come to power in the states, elected U.S. Uh, president. Uh, height of the Cold War, if you will. So that America-Russia uh, thing uh, was hanging. Uh, I, I won't even say in the background, but was pretty much <laughs> at the forefront. It
1: wasn't too dissimilar from, from, you know, it had only been eight years earlier that Henderson had scored the goal, and it was our culture against their culture, and it was still pretty much the same thing in 1980. Yeah,
0: without a doubt. Uh, Now, a couple of other little pieces of trivia uh, that I read earlier today about this, uh, and I had no idea. Do you remember Al Michaels, of course, with the uh, famous call, which, uh, by the way, the the game was on uh, time delay or tape delay. It wasn't even on live.
1: Yeah, and uh, I, do, I do remember that Ken Dryden was his uh, was his color guy. That's,
0: That's what I was going to ask you, who did the color commentary, because uh, part of the famous lore of that is that uh, just before that game, Ken Dryden got in his car and apparently drove from Lake Placid to uh, here in Toronto to write the bar exam and then drove back to do the game the next day, that U.S.-Russia uh, game. And by the way, passed the bar, and as we know, Ken Dryden is a, a renowned lawyer. <laughs>
1: Pretty smart guy. I think it was Ken Dryden, a bad sweater, and a turtleneck, I believe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That and about the only celebrity in the crowd. I found this really interesting because uh, most big uh, games now, hockey games, uh, I mean, just look at a Leaf game. I mean, uh, 99 could be in the box, a Bieber there as well. We're we're used to as celebrities. But apparently the only kind of big-name celebrity in the crowd for that game, Jamie Farr. From Mash. I <laughs> Huge. <laughs> yeah. Where does this rank just finally coach uh, for you when it comes to uh, sporting uh, moments? The uh, the Miracle
1: well, Team. I, when you told me that when you were coming on today, I wrote down a few. I mean, that's definitely up there. Uh, I think Henderson's goal is still uh, the number one thing. Where I remember where I was, I was in grade school. So, Mister my, I think my grade five or four or five teacher, Mister Mister O'Brien. Quai's um, basket last year. I mean, that's got to be right up there. Sure, uh, Carter Carter's home run versus the Phillies. Uh, I wrote down Mario's goal in '87 in the Canada Cup uh, when they beat the Russians, and also Sittler's goal in '76 to win the uh, Canada Cup. Uh, Bobby Orr's goal where he flies through the air. Now that that's an iconic moment, but it wasn't an iconic series because in those days uh, the East it was the East Division and the West Division the NHL, and the West Division was pretty much made up of the six. Uh, expansion teams uh, plus the Chicago Blackhawks. I think there was one expansion team in the East Division, but the East always beat the West. The Bruins won that series four games straight, but that was still an iconic moment. And then uh, made
0: uh, made more so, by the way, by that uh, Hall of Fame commercial now with the guy that uh, yeah. it's the one empty seat because he got up to go to the bathroom.
1: <laughs> and then and then the other one I always remember was Clemens to Gabriel in the uh, and I think it was the '76 Great Cup uh, to beat Saskatchewan. That, that's uh, I remember where I was on that on that one as well.
0: Oh, uh, great catch, right by Tony Gabriel! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Hey, Coach, thanks for this. Have a great weekend, my friend.
1: Have a Have a great weekend, Jeff. Take care, bud.